Everyone, hi, hello. It is me, Allison Rosen, and welcome to another exciting episode of Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend. I'm sitting here with today's guest, Casey Wilson, whom you know from Marry Me, Happy Endings, Gone Girl, SNL, and a host of other things. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for doing this. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be here. So what just happened before what you guys have heard is I messed up the title of my own show. And then I turned to Casey and I said, this is the first time in three years that's happened. And you said, it's because you're very intimidating. But you said it with the tone of someone who doesn't actually think she's intimidating. <laughs> Am I right? You picked up on that. <laughs> yes. yes. I, I don't think I'm, I have the powers of intimidation. Maybe. Maybe a little bit, though, a don't little. you think? Yeah, maybe it goes the other way because I don't seem intimidating. Maybe then that right. causes people to question. Exactly. Am I? <laughs> yeah, you never know. Now, also, I could not help but notice, and also I read earlier, yes, you're pregnant. I am. You're due in May, right? June. June. Yeah. Did it get pushed back or did <laughs> no. Us Weekly report it wrong? <laughs> no, I'm due in June, yes. And you're having a son. Yes. And you've had a difficult pregnancy? I have. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, people have had so much, so much worse pregnancies, so it's more on the I'm just, I think, a baby about it because, but I was been very, very sick, but now I'm feeling so much better. Good. Yeah. Like so morning sickness that lasts all day or? Yes. I just had, was really like a horrible flu for like 18 weeks and it might've been, I was also shooting the show. So it was just kind of a blur of a time like a hangover, <laughs> but now I feel great and feel bad I was complaining because other people are, have actual pregnancy problems. Yeah, but I think it's okay to talk about your, yeah, your experience. Yeah, I think it is. You know, I really think it is. No. Yeah. Yeah. So but I actually, it's so funny, women, I, I don't meet a lot of people that love to being pregnant, but I feel that's kind of what people think mm-hmm. but every woman I meet is like it's horrible and yeah. I'm like it's horrible <laughs> I know and, and then, I mean no disrespect to my son it's horrible <laughs> and then it's that thing where it's like why doesn't anyone say this and you're like well actually everyone is saying it right now but they don't tell you beforehand no and I experienced sort of a similar thing with my wedding so I y- you got married in May last of, May yeah. right I got married last March oh wow um and my what? husband and I are actually trying to get pregnant now okay. so it's like we're life twins but going two different directions <laughs> gotcha. or life twins but not really related um but anyway i found the whole experience of the actual wedding was just a kind of emotional mind fuck how was yours i mean i hear you it was it was really weird i had a really mellow planning time i was lucky enough one of my best friends is a wedding planner so she planned for free which was i mean unbelievable and she was incredible so I definitely had her eye just in terms of all the things like she made it look amazing and, you know, she took care of so many details and I was so lucky to have her. But the weekend, the actual weekend of it, I thought was an emotional roller coaster. I was not prepared just having done scary things and shows. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. It was the most you were terrifying. On SNL. What could be worse? Yeah, I don't think anything could that. be worse. <laughs> and I was so anxious. I felt so emotional, mainly just the weekend of. Mm-hmm. But leading up to it, I think I was I was okay. Calm? Pretty calm. I was very like, I'll take two choices and just pick one. I am not. wasn't someone that was like going crazy with the details. But right. I'm sure it showed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure it didn't because I saw some pictures and it looked so pretty. Thank you. But um, Rebecca Stone, duet weddings. <laughs> 
But when you say it was an emotional roller coaster, like in what way? I don't know. I just got there and I realized very quickly we'd invited, you know, we had 180 people and it was over Memorial Day weekend and it was, we planned so many events. We planned uh, a conference for people, or like a, <laughs> a lifestyle. We planned. You were a brand. We were a brand. <laughs> that's exactly right. On Friday night, we had like drinks by the pool. And then Saturday, we had a golf tournament. And then Saturday night was this big rehearsal dinner. And then Sunday was a yoga class. And then Sunday night was the wedding. It was just like, it was a lot of events that I was like, I'm hosting this. And I get very anxious if people don't feel like, if I don't feel like people are being taken care of or if, someone's not talking to someone and then like it was like my nightmare like 180 people just hoping that they're having fun and that, <laughs> and that they like me no yeah. <laughs> but did you have the thing that I had which is like I have to be in the moment I have like this constant pressure that I was putting on myself to be in the moment which completely takes you out of yeah. the moment I was like this whole thing is so expensive I want to appreciate every <laughs> yeah. single second of it yeah and because also I grew up with my mom got married pretty young and I always heard her talk about how she felt numb the entire day like her shoes were too small but they didn't even bother her and she's someone who normally would be very uncomfortable in shoes that are too because small. she was so in the moment having fun or because no, she was so out of I it. think she was so out of oh. it that she just it, like wasn't really present and so I was like but I'm getting married much older and I'm choosing you know I'm it's really like my husband and I are making all the choices here. So I should I be will, really enjoying yes, this. I should, well, yeah. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, I'm following in my mom's tiny shoe footsteps. Where <laughs> Somehow, did you get married? Um, we got married at San Ysidro Ranch. Oh my gosh. Come on. But I know you got married at Ojai Valley in yes, Spa, right? Which San was, Ysidro. I mean, Ojai doesn't hold a candle. Really? I, 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 Ojai is actually was like one of the first places that I wanted to get married, but I think it was a little bit, it was, um, out of our price range, because I mean, San Ysidro is also insanely overpriced, but there are some cheaper options for different locations. San Ysidro there. is so beautiful; it's crazy. Sorry, <laughs> Wendy is all about you. Your dog she look, might be all about it's your so unborn funny. baby. Yes, uh, dogs <laughs> have seemed to be very attuned to me since I've been pregnant, and I'm not a kooky. Well, I am a little kooky, but <laughs> I mean, it's so strange they like come to me. <laughs> it's very odd. So like they Mother know. Nature is yes. sending her little, sending all her, her sentinels. Vibes. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, so you are from Virginia, yes, Alexandria, Virginia, outside of Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. And your parents were both in politics, but on different sides of the aisle. Is that right? Yes, uh, my mom was uh, started out as a Republican, switched parties, and both my parents are very socially liberal, but. My mom ran this organization called the National Women's Political Caucus to get women elected, and my dad makes political commercials for Republicans. Still. I'm so sorry, everyone. <laughs> Still. Yes. So, and like do you those have- horrible commercials that are like, you know, John Paul is not who you think he is. It's like, yeah. So we're so proud. <laughs> um, do you have siblings? I do have a brother, uh, Fletcher, who lives in um, Palo Alto in San Francisco. Oh, right. Your brother married you. Yes, it's all coming. He back. did. <laughs> it's like you were. You there? Was I not there? Uh, yeah, you were with me in spirit. I, I mean, know I that. feel like I was from, <laughs> from doing a Google search <laughs> and doing a lot of reading. Yeah. Um, what was that like growing up in uh, Virginia and with parents who were? Well, well, first of all, actually, let me change that question. I might get to that question. This is my question if you know the answer. How did they make it work? Because, and I realize I'm everything is like through the lens of relationships and marriage, and I don't know why. That's not all I, it actually doesn't come up that much, I would like to think. But my question is, people who have such different views on the world, I'm wondering how that worked. 
So interesting because my parents had very different political views, but were very similar people. They were both leaders, both hugely type A, not not even type A, just leaders and huge personalities, both forces, both anger problems and so funny, both of them. So it was, it was, I always saw them as so similar, which you don't always see. You know, I think mm-hmm. in relationships, someone's like, my husband's very quiet and mellow and I'm this bigger, you know, sitcom-esque, pers- you know, relationship. And my parents were both just like, whoa, everyone was like, wow, <laughs> that's a quite a force. Those like they're two. both like, I'm super s- dynamic. Scared and want to be around them and <laughs> want them to leave. And <laughs> I'll, I'll, yeah, very dynamic. <laughs> dynamic personalities yeah but I don't know I think they were both my dad is a huge feminist and my mom obviously was a big part of the well shoot not obviously to you all but was a big part of trying to get the equal rights amendment passed and huge feminist and my dad was as well so socially I think you know you're not as far off when socially you're right and my dad believes in gay marriage and some of us in our family believe voted secretly for Obama although he (laughs) he had an Obama sign in his in the side yard and I said who put that there i mean he's a works for republicans yeah. he's like i think the cleaning lady i'm like that's odd just and nothing, <laughs> nothing adds up <laughs> with that and we're always like so you voted for obama and he's like uh, you never tell who you vote for I'm like well you only don't tell when you don't want people to know right so i guess i'm outing him but <laughs> i think my dad's a democrat is all what i'm saying i mean he's i think he really is deep down mm-hmm. or do you want to think that maybe i do but i don't know I mean, he's such a liberal guy. I mean, he comes to me the other day with this big idea. He's like, my mom's brother was in the Navy and was was gay. And so he was kicked out of the Navy many, many, many years ago. And my dad's like, I want to go see if there's any way we can start some type of like, I don't even know. It was it was very off base the way he wanted to do it. It was like a letter writing campaign, I guess, to the Navy. <laughs> and maybe, you know, the audience members now will be spurned to join our cause. But he's like, I want to, you know, when people were kicked out of the Navy for don't ask, don't tell, he's like, I want to go back and get those people reinstated, you know, posthumously. And and your your uncle deserved to have, you know, all these these decorations and everything. And so he's he's got all these quite liberal, I, I, I think, ideas. I want to get your dad on the show now. Well, he is... <laughs> He would love to be on it. <laughs> He's the wildest person that's ever graced planet Earth. <laughs> um, so parents, both in politics, did you ever consider following in their footsteps? I never did. I mean, if my dad forced me to run for president of our class and <laughs> had like a huge campaign headquarters and it was sort of sad. <laughs> so I did that. That was in high school? That was in high school. Did you win? Yeah, of course I did, Allison. Sorry. That was I shouldn't have even asked by my time. Sophomore through senior year. Anyway. Wow. Um but but enough about that. Um <laughs> uh, but enough about my tenure and my reign. But I mean, uh was no, I was a, a dork. I always like brag about that. My husband's like, you know that's really dorky. <laughs> right? Like that's not anything anyone's bragging about at this juncture. But you had to I mean, you won their support. Thank you. Fair and square. Yeah. Although some have debated that. <laughs> but <laughs> what, what was your platform? Gosh, I don't even know. I don't even know. I have no recollection of any of it. I, I used my mom's campaign slogan from her races, which was win with Wilson. And then my parents came up with this crazy idea to, which again is like, it's kind of weird, was clothespins. And so we would write win with Wilson on clothespins and everyone would wear them. I mean, it was weird. You'd write them on a clothespin? Yeah, we'd write in marker win with Wilson. And it, I don't think it got a ton of traction. You know, it wasn't like so exciting. Right. But right. Win with Wilson. 
Although it's easy to wear it. Very you know, easy. it's not like, where do I put this? No, it's not like it's a not. sticker where someone's like, will I be able to get this? Well, and off? I did it actually in third grade. I ran for and lost bitterly. Oh. My dad also helped me with that campaign speech. <laughs> no, this is so embarrassing. I remember this so clearly. My dad's like, I think it would be really funny if you got up there and said, my platform is to put lemonade in all the water fountains. When I, when I tell you this joke bombed beyond, <laughs> but third graders even knew, like, that's we know you're not doing that. It's lame. It's not funny. I said, went home. I'm like, I'm never letting you write a speech for me again. <laughs> and I used the clothespins then. They were big hits in third grade. Mm. Junior year, you know, not so much. Right. And yet you dipped your toe back in the pool oh, of waters. And, and yet, <laughs> exactly. And yet I fearlessly went back into the fray. And did you get into performing pretty young? No, not. I always loved to perform. Again, my father was my coach. <laughs> no, he would like make me run monologues for him. I'm making him sound like, I mean, he was also my Girl Scout leader. So I think you're getting a picture of this man. Mm-hmm. But my parents did. I sound like such a spoiled brat. But <laughs> we found these curtains upstairs. So my dad built a stage in our backyard. So I directed neighborhood kids. But it wasn't anything professional. I mean, there were horrible productions. And I would fire different kids and <laughs> recast them with myself. And I love this. Like, what kind of productions did you do? Well, our first one was Cats, the sequel, <laughs> unauthorized. And the second one was uh, a little play I wrote called Axe in a Big Show. And it was all just nonsense, you know, largely. Like, the cats, everyone just borrowed their mom's for old fur coats and mm-hmm. just, like, played cats and sang memory a couple times. <laughs> and... um. One one girl, poor Megan Emmons, who, God bless her, she did, didn't know her lines. And I don't know how else to tell you guys. She didn't know them. So I marched over to her house and I said, do you know you're fired? And then my mom was so horrified and she said, you have to give her a part. You can't just fire someone. This is crazy. The place she tomorrow. She had no dedication or commitment. None. None. And I took her part, of course. My mom was like, well, who's going to know the lines? I'm like, I am. My mom was horrified with this little monster. <laughs> But I said, I'm giving Megan a part. Please don't worry about it. <laughs> and we have a video of Megan crouched on the ground in a full crouch for the entire show playing a telephone. And she had the she put her arm over her head <laughs> as the receiver. And I would just lift up. It was very abstract. I'd mm-hmm. lift up and use her arm as the receiver. She had a part. An interval a lot of part, stage it time. sounds like. A lot of stage time. Yeah. Yeah. That, see, that is creative problem solving. Thank you. Thank you. Megan did not vote for me. <laughs> Um, and you went to NYU, right? Yes. To pursue acting? Yeah. Oh, right. Because you won Best Dramatic Actress in high school. Is that right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Where did you get all this I from? actually don't know at this point. I don't know where God, I got it. I'm so sorry. Like, you had to wade no, through. No, no. It was fascinating. Because at the beginning, I was like, you know, I feel like I'm not getting a lot of biographical material about Casey Wilson. Where is this? And then I think it's all on your Wikipedia page. Oh. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff. There. Really? Mm-hmm. So weird. You played Maria in Sound of Music? high school i mean i won't brag you'll do it for me <laughs> that's what i'm here for <laughs> i did i did all the cool things mm-hmm. <laughs> it couldn't were have been you cooler. actually a dork in high school or were because i feel like no. it depends on the high school sometimes someone who's super involved is not a dork our school was very it was i went to the school called tc williams which was made famous for remember the titans please remember them everyone <laughs> never forget them and it was interesting our school was 90 percent african-american and those girls which i was friends with tons of them african-american women kind of ran the school they were just the cool girls and um kind of no white girls would ever be cheerleaders or kind of knew our place so i think i was cool enough but Mm. certainly not 
in the cool group. Right. You weren't in the inner inner circle. No, cool. I wanted to, but no. But I think I wasn't also like a huge dork or anything. Mm-hmm. It's kind of somewhat neutral, I hope. Right. And then how was NYU? Great. I mean, it was interesting. You know, everyone... I kind of missed actually the. I would thought there would have been more diversity than NYU, and there really wasn't. And having come from TC Williams, I was so used to that. And and even coming to LA, it's all very. It's kind of interesting. It wasn't as diverse as I would have liked and thought in mm-hmm. in a way. I guess to to many people moving there, maybe it, it absolutely was. But um, I really loved it. I was in the drama department, and it was small. It was Stella Adler, and it was crazy. And I was there for four years, and I'm friends with. Pretty much everyone in our class is out here now, and it was just a weird world. And did you study becoming a clown, clowning? I did. I did study the art of the clown. Um, that's where I met my my best friend, June Diane Rayfield, who is my writing partner. And yeah, we clowned around together. <laughs> they made us take clowning. Oh, that's what I was going to ask. That's was this like a passion or was this a, a um, required It wasn't class. not a passion. I'll tell you that. <laughs> it's now a passion. No, it's so funny. June, my friend, is like continuing her clown work. You know, all these years later, she's always like, I got to head out to a clown class. <laughs> You're still clowning? She still clowns like, do quite a bit. you have to do continued education to maintain your clown <laughs> license or is this just... Yeah, it's not like riding a bike. You know, you need to really hone and protect your skill set um i actually then did take a professional clown class outside of school as well again guys there's no one cooler (laughs) but that that was a really amazing clown class it involved a lot like it's not it is interesting you put on a clown nose and yes some clothes and you basically dress up like a homeless and (laughs) have a clown nose on but you you obviously can't speak and it it's also very moving and it's such an art form that i'm not the best person to speak to it but there was this one thing we had to do called the ring of fire and it was a ring of fire where you stand in the center and you cannot leave until you've made every single person belly laugh and it's to this day one of the most terrifying things aside from my wedding that i've ever done (laughs) because if if people are kind of half laughing and i would be like laughing fakely the whole time just to get everyone out of there because some people were there for two hours wow and you have no props nothing but yourself and you can't speak and it's so uncomfortable to bear witness to and do which is worse, bearing witness or doing? Bearing witness. Much like improv. <laughs> <laughs> you did a lot of improv, though. Yeah, you did a lot of UCB. Mm-hmm. I did, but, you know, I ultimately felt, personally for me, I love to improvise on set and in any roles, but I I just, I love watching the Herald and UCB, and I love doing monologues and things like that, but I just, frankly, get too scared in a way. There's just something about the math of it that kind of, always tripped me up a little i liked the longer form improvs of like i used to do this one called the documentary where you're just making a fake documentary but the kind of herald structure of it all that ucb does for me was just too nerve-wracking my heart would be like pounding out of my chest and finally i was like why am i doing this to myself every week i cannot do it i'm in a full sweat i was like my hands were shaking i'd come off i was like i I simply i cannot do this anymore Mm -hmm. so I, i hung up that hat to never and you, you'll never to never it again? return to never return have you done stand-up no that i've done stand-up a few times and that's how i feel about stand-up uh, barring the first time where i was like holy shit i everything i do is amazing um and then <laughs> you know which was obviously not accurate but it was just better than um bombing and then the subsequent times i was like i can't wait for this to be over and i was like there's plenty of things i do where i don't have that feeling about yeah. it maybe this is not for me exactly 
I, it's so amazing that you did that. It, to me, it takes such courage. I love watching it. There's nothing better, but I, it's just not my bag. Yeah. Well, I think everyone has their Much one. like S-Factor stripping glasses. Oh, what is that? Have you ever seen that? No. I was just thinking about it the other day. A few years ago, I took these like pole dancing classes at S-Factor. And I know it's very empowering. And I know a lot of women really right. love it. But I was just like, what? I cannot. That's how you become a strong woman. Dance on a pole. <laughs> Dance on a pole. But you're like in sky high stripper heels and wearing like umbro shorts and knee pads. Like it's not sexy. And then like your fellow friends in the class have to give you lap dances. And I'm like, I don't need to make extended eye contact with cool up my friends. And like, <laughs> we'll get let, let her give me a lap dance. Like our friendship is very deep. We don't need to go there necessarily. Is this an exercise class or is it a actually learning? Well, here's the thing. It's both. <laughs> it's both. Which to me, I was like, should it be both? They don't want you to put your hair up because they're like you're sensual but yet you're in workout clothes so you're in like a sports bra (laughs) and then like they encourage you to wear sexier stuff later on but in the first class i was in it was like shorts you know sports bra and then they're like the lights are dimmed and then you're doing ab work and you're like what's (laughs) happening (laughs) i was also just really terrible at it but and there was really bad parking so i couldn't i just i i couldn't turn the critic off of just like and I, not to make fun of anyone in those classes, I was openly jealous of anyone who could walk in the heels and, and do it. But I was just like, I can, I'm not going to, I maybe my sexuality is just, I'm weak in this area and I, I need to test myself, but I cannot get up and strip in front of these luscious kind of women. Can't do it. <laughs> how did how did Coolop fare? Oh, amazingly. Coolop I graduated with honors. <laughs> They've like asked Coolop to come back and like own the place and teach. <laughs> I mean, she was their like star student. <laughs> she finished like every, you know, every single class. Isn't it funny how there are women who are just totally like I own my sexuality and they're just all about that. Um and then there's I'm there's me and I don't know I don't know <laughs> which me. camp you're in I'm more in and I think the latter camp I mean I, I consider myself very sexual but on my own time <laughs> right just you know did they provide the shoes or did you have to go out and buy them you had to buy them the whole thing was just so I don't know and I will I am up for anything I'm literally going to talk to a baby psychic tomorrow <laughs> like I'm I'm up for things how this old is, is he just kidding <laughs> <laughs> I know. I hope I'll be able to understand him. <laughs> but so I am someone who's up for something. But that was just the I had to draw a line there. Yeah. Because L.A., there's so much opportunities to just so many. And that's what I love about it. So many opportunities to just throw your money away on <laughs> just, just a delusionment. But that was too much for me. What is the baby psychic going to let you know? I don't know. Two of my girlfriends have gone and, and they heard one girlfriend heard that her baby's going to be very limber. <laughs> I thought that's an odd personality trait, but maybe good for life. I have no idea and I don't know why I'm doing it. And I'm not even going to tell my husband because he'll just be like, please don't do this. It's such a bad idea. And well, I emailed the guy in the psychic today and I said, you know, I'd love a reading. I'm thinking... He'll get back to me in a couple of weeks. He writes me back and says, I can talk in half an hour. And I thought, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he doesn't seem to be too booked. Right. But I don't know. Maybe my son wants to chat. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that sweet spot is for someone who's like available, but not too available. Because I went to, um, I had a doctor's appointment yesterday or the day before, and I waited an hour and a half to get in. And I was like, oh, he's a very popular dermatologist. At the same time, I never want to come back right. because it took so long. No, that's too long. Yeah. So I don't know what the appropriate that amount said, of time is. That said, you do look good. Oh, thanks. He, he hasn't even done anything yet. Maybe it was just seeing oh. him. Yeah. 
Wow. Have you ever had, the, I didn't think it was going to go this direction, but it's going to. Have you ever had any like laser treatment or anything on your face? I have. I've done, um, is that when they do the like hot beep, beep, beep? Yeah. It's a, there's one called IPL. So I have, so for the listeners who are like, but, but you're perfect. Why would you even consider it? Right. For the listeners who are turning this off because <laughs> right. they can't imagine yeah, that their hostess exactly. would be. Would even be considering doing anything. <laughs> um, I have a couple dark spots on my face, like sunspots. I do too. Um, and actually, so not only do I have a couple sunspots, I also have – I've always had freckles when I go in the sun, but now I just have just splotches in general. And apparently with a laser, they can just take all that I have away. I a question about that. I love your freckles. I love when women have freckles, but is that not the thing? Well, I asked, are the freckles going to go not in a in a I'm not sure I want them to go because right. they're kind of part of me thing. And he said that freckles um, or spots that normally show up in the summer and fade in winter, it doesn't – work on them as well it's mostly just the they want to stick around yeah they come back every year right it's the sunspots that'll that'll go away apparently and yeah it's called an ipl laser is that what you had no because mine was just more like evening out skin texture laser oh how was it somerville um i loved it i did a series i can't do it now being pregnant but i i mean this is so girly but the makeup artist on our show was saying you know i think you need something something different <laughs> some, some some change up and so i went and it was more for the show makeup she felt like it laid better really gal chat what said gal that? chat oh yeah that's what, that's what we play when we get ex- excessively girly um <laughs> did it hurt i'm a baby it, it was pretty hot i felt gal chat. <laughs> it was pretty hot but i i was happy with the results mm-hmm how did that feel when the makeup artist told you that? Fine. I mean, I've been told so many manner of things that I, she was very friendly about it. She just said, cause you know, we, on the show I wear makeup for 14, 15 hours mm-hmm. a day. So she was just saying, you know, I think that's just a long time for anyone to wear very heavy makeup yes. under lights. So she was just saying, oh, I think it'll help you. And she's wonderful. So I have to ask this happy endings, almost a new day thing. Uh-huh. What is going on? I don't know. It's certainly nothing to my knowledge. So okay. I think it might be our writer's assistant joking around. And oh. unfortunately, I know it's not a welcome joke for everyone necessarily, but... Right. So for the listeners, let me set this up. Um, happy endings went away how long ago now? Oh, Some time ago. A year and a half yeah. ago. But they're on the happy endings Twitter, writer's Twitter feed. There's been all these hints that there's like a... It's a, it's almost a new day um, countdown suggesting to a lot of people that there might be another season happening, but I, I think heard and I might be, I think he was counting down to April fool's yes. day. Unfortunately. Yes. So there are people who are like, well, it does, you know, count down to April fool's day. What if this is just a mean joke? And there's people who are like, they would never do anything so mean. I know. I, I don't love that. He did it to be honest. You know, I'm like between us, <laughs> but at the same time, I, I, think he 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 was framing it like he knew fans would be excited i don't think he meant it in any way but i think we uh, to my knowledge there is nothing moving forward because i mean i'm still on a show and you'd probably know i I would hope yeah i would hope but so nothing sadly and i apologize if it got anyone excited breaking got me excited i was like oh (laughs) great For a second, were you like, oh, great. Why didn't they tell me? Yeah, I was like, I'm sure they want to tell me because they're bringing me mm-hmm. such a great offer that, you know, they want to wait. No. Um, well, wait, I your was husband excited. was the creator of that show, right? He was, yeah. So you would know. I would think. <laughs> I would think. I would think. 
So nothing yet. How soon into doing that show did you guys become more than? About a year, a year into it. What was that like? Um, Well, I really, really liked him, but he was very like, you know, it's his first show that he ever created and ran. And there's two other actresses on the show. It's an ensemble. And I think the like only piece of advice he'd been given by ABC was like, don't date any of the actresses. (laughs) So he was very firmly like, "I, I really like you, but I just can't do this. And so I was very sad for a few months. And then I just started dating other people and he was finally like, well, maybe we should try this. So now, it worked out ultimately. Was that strategy or were you really like, okay, fine, I'll just date other people? It's so funny. I I really did have to come to the fact that I was needed to move on because I know that strategy and I've, I've done it many a time where you're like, I'm going to pretend to move on. But in the back of my head, I'm really not moving on. But I really felt like it was, I was, so, I, I was so in love with him and I thought, this is just too painful a road to keep going down and being, you know, I don't quite know what's going on. And he also, I don't think he'd mind me saying it. He was more of a, I called him like a friendly player. He was like mm-hmm. very nice. I think about it <laughs> with women, but he hadn't been in a real long-term relationship. So I think a lot was going on. I think he was also like, like no, he had, I guess a year and a half or two years or something, but not, I mean, I've been in three year and mm-hmm. four year and, not that I'm any better off, but I think he had to kind of come to terms with, and many psychics and uh, palm readers told me that as well, <laughs> <laughs> the baby psychic. Um, so I had to just, I was like, this isn't working. And I did this whole thing where I was like, I'm just not going to talk to him anymore. If he doesn't want to date, that's fine. But we were on a break from the show, like a five month hiatus. I was like, I don't need to be his best friend and talking on the phone all the time. And I didn't speak to him for two and a half months. Which was like took everything in my willpower and I ran into him and he didn't even know we weren't talking. So <laughs> there were some highs and lows. That's when I was like, okay, <laughs> I really need to really move on because this isn't. And I actually, as crazy as it is, I'm fairly spiritual, but I don't go to church or anything. But I, I did a lot psychics. of prayer. <laughs> I go to psychics. I, I honestly prayed about it because just for just to kind of release this because mm-hmm. it was really. It, you know, anyone knows when you really want something and you just it's not, you can't make it happen. It was a it's one of the learning experience. What I was going to say is it's one of the most powerless feelings. Although sort of like you don't really want to like overdo how bad your pregnancy was. I'm realizing there's things in the world that are, I don't mean to suggest. No, you know what I do? When you're in pain because of heartache, that is like one of the worst feelings. And it's strange because I've, I've, I've had my heart broken, which is equally as hard. But I think... I I had this feeling of, and of course, there's this is uh, falls in the category of like not a problem ultimately. But I did feel like oh, I really feel, and I feel justified in saying it now, especially that we're married and I'm having a baby. I was like, I really feel this is right, but for some reason, it's not happening, and it, it was painful because I thought, oh, I'm you know I'm 31, I really want this, and it just doesn't seem to be coalescing for me. What I was thinking as you were mm-hmm. saying that was how challenging that must have been to still and I know you guys were on hiatus but to still be on the show because it's like unlike someone that you see all the time at a bar where you're like I'm just gonna stop going to this like I have to move on I have to you know yeah I mean I have to just avoid this person like you couldn't avoid him well it's it's weird because it was such a long break and it might have even been longer it was right after our first season and I think we were waiting here if we were going to come back somehow it wasn't as it wasn't quite that I wasn't okay. having to show up and 
but I was also so grateful for the job and loved the job so much that I was very determined to not let anything interfere with what was Mm -hmm. such a wonderful creative experience. But I think, you know, and that was our fear. We didn't want to tell everyone and have the cast be upset. Meanwhile, again, they could not have cared <laughs> less, you know, as though, you know, everyone was married or engaged at the time and everyone was very happy for us. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yeah, this is a sitcom. It's not the UN. Like, who cares? <laughs> was there a point before the happy ending? Was there no pun? Um, was Great pun. They really didn't intend it, though. It was really unintended, guys. <laughs> I swear. Um, Was there a point before all that, though, where you were kicking yourself for having let yourself get involved with someone you work with? Yes, but we never, we only kissed once. So I didn't feel, and to his credit, he, we never slept together. He was very protective of that as well. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't, I couldn't also then sit there and go, and that, that jerk, like, (laughs) he let me sleep with him. And so it was kind of like, we didn't really get involved. And that was kind of his whole point. And Mm -hmm. so, in a way, we were friends, and he treated me very well. He was just had this clear boundary, which I have issues with anyone who has boundaries, because how could anyone? But wait, do you have a problem with people who say no to you? No, no, I, I don't. I just mean I have trouble with boundaries, setting them or ever having them. So, I when I witness it in someone else, it's just a revelation. <laughs> and and I think I've he's actually really helped me with that, mm-hmm. very much so. But I forgot the beginning of what we were talking. About. <laughs> Um, I'm going to blame this on my pregnancy (laughs) as I blamed a lot. (laughs) No, but a pregnancy brain is a a real thing, right? I don't, I guess I think so. Well, let's go to, uh, you were explaining why you weren't, I think why you weren't totally kicking yourself that you'd allowed yourself. Oh yeah. 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 Cause it wasn't this kept boundaries. Yeah. But how does your trouble with boundaries manifest? Well, I, I'm just very naive person. I don't have a ton of common sense and I never have. And my parents who were wonderful, we weren't like a huge common sense household. <laughs> my mom had a homeless man come and live with us for six months in the basement and just things that would happen that were like, when I look back, it's not necessarily bad. It's good intentions, but it's like, Whoa, how did it go with the homeless man? Not well. What happened? It is amazing what happened. I'll tell it very quickly. His name was Norm. And it's so crazy. But my mom ran a preschool at this point. This was kind of second act of her career. She was director of this preschool. He was the cook. And one night she found him sleeping in the preschool. Now, most people at that point would say to themselves, time to fire this person. But it was winter and my mom felt really sad for him. And he was a very nice guy. So she said, come and live with us. So he lived in the basement, but he wasn't like a friendly homeless man. Like my brother and I would be watching TV. It would be like my brother, me, Norm on the couch. (laughs) And he would always hog the remote and he would never let us watch. You know, he always wanted to watch his shows. And we couldn't play ping pong because Norm's stuff was like always all over the ping pong table. What were his shows? Trying to even remember. It was like cop shows and just things I (laughs) had no interest in. And so one time Norm did see me and some of my friends drinking because I was like in high school and he was pretty cool about that, probably because he was quite a drinker himself. We found out also Norm was an alcoholic. And the final thing was that Norm one day just disappears and we don't hear from him. He doesn't show up to work. He doesn't show up at the house for a month. So my mom has to get a new cook and then she's like, I guess this was a bad idea. Did he leave his stuff there? No, he took everything, but he was just gone. He didn't say anything. So it was a snow day. 
my brother, I was not, I did not witness this. And I, it's the only thing I ever wish I would have seen in my life. <laughs> my mom and my brother are watching the news and they're trying to see which school closures are, you know, is school closed. My brother said that this woman is at the airport and she goes, the, the newscaster's like, well, it's really, it was a blizzard in DC. She's like, it's coming down. All schools are closed. She's like, and in fact, she's like at, uh, I guess it was National Airport at the time, Reagan. She's like, at National Airport, passengers have been snowed in here. They are just sleeping here. And she goes, like, this doctor. <laughs> and then passes the mic, and there's Norm, <laughs> posing as a doctor, sleeping at the airport. My mom and brother just screamed. It was so shocking to see just like, <laughs> oh, there's Norm. He's found a new place. He was watching a cop show on the, the airport. No, so Norm did, he turned up, but he never came back. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, so I, I just have always kind of – my dad's also very good friends with another homeless man in our town that he very nicely has been taking – driving him to Baltimore and taking him to different court things, trying to get his help him get his kids back. And my parents are just very involved with different people and things. And so I grew up very much like, oh, yeah, anyone's great to talk to. It's <laughs> fine to – and my husband's, you know, a little bit more, you know – well, I'm laughing because when you tweeted questions, I've never had my self-esteem knocked so low as to I the responses. I want to apologize. No, it's quite all right. But well, usually my listeners Alice- are really nice, and no, for I'm some reason sure you're today, all nice people. They they genuinely usually I swear they are, but for some reason today there are like three dicks in a row. No, it's totally fine. But Allison had tweeted like asked questions, and people were like, oh, "My my first question is who the hell is this person?" <laughs> that was pretty much everyone's question. But that's. But always my husband's point is, and that's how I identify, but my husband's like, no, some people do know you. And like, I've gotten some weird mail. I'm not sitting here thinking I'm, you know, but I'm so kind of self-deprecating. And also I just couldn't conceive anyone would want to know who I am. But my husband's like, no, you need to like not put your address out there. And Mm I used to like tell people my email and podcasts, like just things that I just don't have great safety boundary skills that I've sort of learned. My husband's like, it doesn't matter if not a lot of people are. If there's one person that's crazy, you know, then they're crazy. And I've also, like, taken to sometimes writing back to people who tweet me, like, really weird stuff, which everyone's like, oh, don't engage with them. I know. But sometimes I do. And I I have found the couple occasions that people, I'm not saying people are great, but they didn't mean it to come off like they, they came off. And they're not aware. A lot of times when people tweet you, like, it's almost like they don't realize you're going to read it. And then it's like, but you did put my name in it. Mm-hmm. Like, and all, it's just crazy. Like I had this trainer, this is this crazy trainer, but years ago. And she was insane. And I felt like I put up with her and didn't say anything. And then I moved to New York. So I stopped training with her. I get a tweet from her. I haven't spoke. I, I, I think I actually Facebooked with her like a very friendly back and forth a couple of years ago. But this was not a, a relationship that ended in like a blaze of glory or like, she tweets me. She's like, I I really like Casey Rose Wilson, but Marry Me is the worst, most horrible show I've ever seen. I just have to get this off my chest. It's like so horrible. Oh, my God. And I was so stunned. I'm like, I know this this person I know. And I know the show's great. And I totally stand behind it. So that wasn't even what. But I was more just disturbed by the human condition that someone right. would say like, you know what? I've got to get this off my chest so much that even though I know this person, we had a very friendly rapport. I got to get this to her. And I'm sitting there like, <laughs> this has got to get mailed and this letter has got to be sent. I'm sitting there. I was like, I'm going to write her back. And I know that's not what anyone wants to hear. And it's not what I should have done. But I just wrote her and I'm like, I said something like, 
Rhonda, like it's Casey. <laughs> like I, I said something like, thanks. I, I pre- why did you feel you had to get this to me or something? And then she like backtracked a million times. and was like, no, no, I really love you. I just hate your show. <laughs> yeah, well, it was no so harm, crazy. No it was so crazy. I was like, okay, she's just not, you know. Right. Did How much did it bug you? I mean, I was just kind of stunned. And then, of course, Matt McConkie, my one of my dearest friends who's also a writer on Marry Me, he took her on. And then it turned ugly, turned sour. He was like, Rhonda, you know, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And then she then she lashed out with what I guess was anger from her towards me. She's like, she quit training because she was lazy and all this. And I was just like, <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Yeah, I said to Matt, thanks for getting us into this. And then she tried to take him down, but he's the most fit person in the world. So it was sort of sad. She's like, you seems like you need a trainer. And it's like, the only person that I know that does not need a trainer is my friend, Matt McConkie. Mm-hmm. So, and then I had to write her back, hashtag, you know, ex-client for a reason. And then... <laughs> My sister-in-law got in on it and was like, Rhonda, give it up. Like you're, and then it got nasty. And then here we are. Can I ask, speaking of training and all that stuff. Yes. Um, and now I am someone who is, is always thinking, I'm always, I always feel like the fattest person in the room. Like I was a fat, I was fat growing up. Um, and I know that I've lost some, but like weight is always on my mind. And I know you lost a bunch of not a bunch of weight you lost some weight you were never overweight though but you got like super skinny i feel like i'm bungling this question because i'm so uncomfortable asking it my question though is um how do you do you feel like you have to look a certain way in in this industry i don't know i mean it's a complicated thing i definitely did lose some weight but i just sort of it was more tied to my mom, my mom passed away and I, I just gained a lot of weight over like a two year period and then kind of felt like I need to just for myself. I, I didn't just didn't feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And and now I'm sort of as you hear, I'm like out of breath <laughs> battling <laughs> from just sitting here battling that with being pregnant, too. It's just such a, you know, weight comes. And, right. But I it's a weird thing. I used to think, oh, I'm funny, you know, as an actress who's comedic. I really don't need to be. I'm not held to the same standard as, like, you know, an right, ingenue. I'm never. Kate Upton no, or... no, I'm never. Unless anyone thinks I have a shot at that, <laughs> I would never. You know, that's not my ideal or my goal. But then there were a couple occasions where I felt like, no, sadly, people want that out of everyone on in this little box, this little TV box, and but no one's ever really made me feel. I had a manager who was like, "You need to lose weight," and. Everyone's like, oh, weren't you so upset that she said that to you? And in a weird way, and maybe this is not going to be a popular comment, I felt like she was trying to protect me, actually, because mm-hmm. that was right around when my mom passed and I had to take an antidepressant because I was just so down. And then I got on SNL and I was gaining weight and I just felt very out of control. And I, I actually felt more she was trying to protect me from what ended up happening, which is like people do write nasty things about you and it's very painful. And, you know, and you're like, oh, that's not me. But and it's a weird thing because I, I think of myself as someone with very healthy self-esteem. And so I'm certainly not sitting here saying people need to lose weight to be on TV. But I, it's more a question of how do you, how are you going to handle it when people say things about you? And so right. that's why I lost weight. Not because I was like, I have to succumb to Hollywood. Not at all. It's more just like, you know what? I don't want to put myself out there to feel like I just don't want to go through that with people. And the world is nasty enough. And I just don't, I kind of was like... 
I'm not giving that to people. And that seems like maybe backwards and maybe it should be the other way around. But I wasn't also comfortable with mm-hmm. where I was at. No, that totally makes sense, though. I feel like that's an empowered decision. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> How was your experience on SNL? You're asking all the hard questions. Um, it was great. I, I actually had a great experience. But again, it was just a strange time for me. And um, I think it just wasn't a great fit. And I, you know, when you feel like you're on a sports team and you're like on the bench and you're just like, ah, you want to be put in. And so nobody loves just like loves that feeling of kind of not getting to do what you love. And so it was weird. I loved Lauren. I had a great relationship with him. And <laughs> Adam Pally is um, a friend of mine. I don't know if anyone knows him. He's an actor and he was on Happy Endings with me. And I was telling him this once. I was like, I wasn't scared of Lauren. I had a great relationship with Lauren. I actually really, really loved Lauren. And he was like, yeah, he obviously didn't love you. Like, and I was like, well, I, I don't think it's that kind of base and you know I think actually Lauren really did like me I just think I'm not putting myself on a pedestal but more of an actress than a sketch performer and mm-hmm. that sort of I kind of felt it right away when I got there like oh I don't think my skill set is totally jiving here and I'm like I think they're gonna find out oh they found out <laughs> and then that was sort of but it wasn't this kind of dark experience and got to work with Kristen Wiig who was so lovely to me and I don't know. I really loved the cast and it was more in awe of like, God, look what these people can do. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's not a great feeling, feeling like I, I did have the feeling being on the show because I never did weekend update, which was a sticking point for me. That's kind of the only regret I have. And I tried to do it many times and sort of wasn't allowed to do it. But I sort of felt like if when you go to a party and you're wandering around, but no one introduces you. So everyone's like, who's that person wandering around? And you're like, well, I was invited, I think. It's just, it's not a comfortable feeling. So then when I got Happy Endings a couple months later, it was just, then that's why I say I was so happy creatively. It was life-changing to just be like, oh, I feel comfortable. I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing. I feel I'm getting an opportunity to be funny. And I'm, and it's not kind of like the ground shifting under you every week. And so mm. it was a dream. Have you read Jay Moore's book? Yes. So funny, when I got the show, I read Jay Moore's book before I started. And I was like, wow, this guy needs to be a little more grateful <laughs> and a little less bitchy. And after the show, I was like, Jay, you're the only one that understands me. <laughs> so I've gone through a lot of emotions with that book. Yeah. Bobby Moynihan told me that he reads that book like once a season or something. <laughs> yeah. Get something There's times you have time. to turn yeah. to it. You have to turn to it. Like, well, it's like a, a Bible. That feeling that you're at a party and no one's introducing you, um... What do you attribute that to? I think just I felt the audience really turned on me. That show has a rabid fan base that they want to know who everyone is and you need to be in a quick – and I get it. I feel sometimes if I watch I'm like, who the hell is that? <laughs> like, you just have this angry feeling as though these are your friends and family members and we're so used to the show. And I think there's anger that just kind of comes up if you're watching something and it's not gelling for you. And I felt like I didn't – I think Weekend Update is a good place to have the opportunity to kind of declare your comedic sensibility. And to not do that, I felt like I didn't totally get to put myself out there. And that said, I did get to do some sketches that I loved and feel really proud of. But I never really felt like I was like, oh, this is who I am here. Mm-hmm. Um, and how soon did you get SNL after your mom passed? Oh, it's such a blur to me. I think about seven months, I think. So that's Maybe a still- year very much in mourning might have been a little bit more than a year to be honest it my friend 
Lady's next door to me. She's like, how come you don't know like what year your mom died? I'm like, I do not know if it's been six years or eight years. I know it sounds strange, but it was such a blur of a time. And it all I knew it happened around a two-year period. But so I think maybe a year after, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. And was that nice to suddenly have uh steady well i don't know what what were you what were you working on before well um, nothing <laughs> um june and i my friend we had written this movie bride wars that was kind of that's really the only and i'd done oh i i had done one movie um which is so strange the the last time i spoke to my mom i just moved out to la and i'd been on I've been on one. I'm trying to like, it's such a blur of the timeline, but I, my agent called and said, they, there's an audition for you for this Christopher Guest movie for your consideration. And I was like, Oh my God, I have to call my mom. This is, we love Christopher Guest as everyone I'm sure does. And I was so excited. And I called her and it's strangely last time I talked to her and I told her and she was like very excited. And, and then she passed away of a heart attack that night. Mm. And so obviously I didn't even, I don't even think I thought of that audition for a couple months. And of course, missed it and the movie filmed and everything and then about eight months later I got a call and they said they wrapped the movie there's what they need one more part they're filming one more scene they will want to see you for it and I'd never been in any movie and I left work I was June and I were writing on some like horrible show in Culver City and I went over there and I get emotional talking about because it was so strange and Christopher Guest was so kind to me, but I was like, oh, I bombed this. Like, I I don't even know what happened in there. And I did this monologue and I left and I was like crying in the car because I'm like, you know, how could I have blown this? And I get, I'm so sorry. I can't believe it. this is a pregnancy crying as well. And I'm like, oh, I, I, I bombed it. And that's that was my chance, you know, to do this movie. And then they called me and said that I got it. And I was just like, I've never been. It wasn't about a part you know it was so much more than that to be included in that movie as my first movie and I'm so grateful to him for that and so that was sort of just I felt was my mom Mm -hmm. for whatever (laughs) this is wild that I'm crying right now I'm so sorry do not know all of it is crazy and so that that was a beautiful kind of moment that came out of all of that but then that's what I the only thing I'd really done before Mm -hmm. SNL so I was thrilled, but I was very nervous. And I the feeling of anxiety was just kind of with me the whole experience. Mm-hmm. Although James Franco made this documentary about SNL that I recently <laughs> watched, but I watched with like my hands over my face because he made it while I was there. And I'm like, I don't even know what I'm going to see on this. I pictured myself like in a pile of clothes in the corner, like rocking myself and sucking my thumb. <laughs> then I saw it and I'm like, no, I'm a human chatting with people <laughs> laughing. Like it wasn't that bad. Or at least it, you know, it seemed like I was a, a person on earth. Right. Yes. In it. Um, but what I was wondering is getting that, that job when you were mourning, was that a good thing? Do you think, or was that, did that I make don't it even know. harder? I think, Maybe if it had been a better fit, but it all kind of ended up being maybe just wrong timing, wrong. I was just so shaken that I I didn't feel I had the confidence that I would have now. Mm-hmm. And part of me is always like, oh, I wish I could have like maybe gotten that job now, but I still don't think I have the right skills that I probably would say that and then go back and be like, okay, so it's the same outcome. But I, I just didn't have the confidence and that job is all about confidence. Yeah. One million percent. Because you, you just have to put, and that's why I mean, I was so, so admiring of the other performers. Like, you have to put yourself out there. And 
to get through a table read where nobody's laughing, even at the funniest sketches. It's a four-hour table read after you've been up all night and nobody's laughing. And, and, and some of the funniest people in the world, arguably, are sitting there. You know, that's a hard kind of – that's hard road, I think. But in the plus of it has been nothing else – scares me at all except for improv (laughs) doing a herald at ucb um my dad had a heart attack years and years ago survived um but every time the phone rings and it's one of my parents well if it's my dad then i know that it's not that he died but if it's my mom my heart like skips a beat until like my whole family the first thing we say is hi everything's okay yeah because i'm so afraid of getting that call Oh, yeah. That's my greatest fear. If I even text someone, call me, I write, it's fine, but it's not anything bad just because it's such a scary, you know, and I think I'm reading this book. It's called um, The Trauma of Everyday Life. And it's interesting because that is just, it's all coming. Those phone calls are coming for everyone at every moment and not in every moment, but any day that I feel you're not getting that phone call is a good day. Mm -hmm. Do you feel the experience left you traumatized? No, I wouldn't go that far. I think in a way, as much as it was hard to admit it then, there was relief when I was done. And so much relief followed with the other job that... Oh, I... Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I thought you were... I, you're like... I'm in the no, loss I'm, of your mom. You're like, I'm talking about your mother who passed, <laughs> not Saturday Night Live. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I guess there was some trauma involved with SNL. <laughs> but I think every question is about that. <laughs> with my mother, absolutely with SNL now. <laughs> but related to that, I will bring them together. I, I do think after someone close to you passes, trauma is almost too strong of a word to put to anything else in a way, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. That's not life or death. Right. You know, I know I was talking about just like longing and heartbreak before being sad, but, but even that I put above a job loss or something in a way, because that's like your connections to people in your life. And I don't know. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, let's get ready to do just me or everyone. But first, do you enjoy Las Vegas? Say yes. (laughs) <laughs> I I do enjoy it for a night. Well, if you're going to go there, though, of course you want to get some kind of amazing deal, right? Of if course. If you're like me, then you're walking around when you're in Vegas and you're like, I just know there's people here who paid considerably less and are having an even better time than I am. Well, I'll tell you what they did. They probably uh, booked their whole experience on Vegas.com, which is a travel website. And everyone that works for Vegas.com lives in Vegas, plays in Vegas, works in Vegas. So they know all the deals. They're insiders and they can get you the best deals. Um, and Vegas.com has a proprietary drop watch tool, which promises you the lowest rates on hotels. So it continues to monitor the price even after you book and notifies you of changes to ensure you get the best deal. So you get a best price guarantee even after you've paid. Um, and Vegas.com offers the best rates, not just on hotels, but also headliner shows, tours, attractions, VIP bottle service at top clubs, Ooh. stuff like that. So go to Vegas.com right now, click on the microphone in the top right corner and enter my code best friend to receive an extra 10% off everything but air hotel packages. That's Vegas.com. Click on the microphone and get your bonus savings by using my secret code best friend book today. Okay, let's do just mirror everyone and we have a little song. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? Okay. 
BRB Shop says, just me or everyone, whenever I walk next to or behind someone, I always end up synchronizing my steps with theirs. Uh, I'm trying to think if I do this. The fact that I have to think this long if I do this means I guess I don't do this. Although I do enjoy when my steps become synchronized, especially if I'm walking <laughs> by some kind of reflective surface and I'm like, ooh, look, it's like we're in the low impact rockets. <laughs> That's really funny. What about you? I think everyone, I think so, because I did, I think, read that somewhere. Oh, really? But yeah, that we intrinsically kind of want to get in step with each other. Mm, maybe mm. we do. Jenna T says, just me or everyone, feel slightly invisible or insignificant when toilet auto flushes and I haven't moved. Yeah, I just feel <laughs> what kind a question. Of, I feel kind of angry when that happens. I'm like, I'm getting an a, a butt spray here that I did not want. I got to say just you, but I, I hope it t- becomes me. So just you, but hoping everyone. Well, maybe it means that you don't move around that much on the toilet. Right. I think that's like if you if you're like, I got to lean forward. I don't know why you would need to, but sometimes it happens. That's when it'll it'll go off. Right. You're like, I'm still here. <laughs> All right. Yes, this is Helen says, just me or everyone. I intentionally drive over leaves and twigs and totally get a kick out of crunching them with my tires. I don't intentionally do that, but I can enjoy a good tire crunch. Oh, gosh. I've never thought of any of this. I don't think... I feel like you're not living life, I know. It seems I'm not living life. These are revelations to me one by one. All right. Z Indy says, when wearing headphones at work, I get super paranoid that people are trying to talk to me and I can't hear them. Yes. <laughs> yes. I totally have that one. And I also, I don't wear sunglasses that often. Perhaps that's why I might need to do this laser thing on my face. Actually, that doesn't really make sense. I guess what I'm saying is I don't wear a lot of sun protection. But uh, if I have sun- sunglasses on and I'm talking to someone, I feel like I have to lift them up so they can see my eyes. Oh. I have a th- I can't I can't have a conversation with someone and wear sunglasses at the same time. And when you talk to people, do you look at their eyes or their mouth? Well, now I'm just super self conscious. I don't know anymore, but I don't, don't know where know. to look at you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I'm I just look- taking you in in the, with a soft gaze. <laughs> <laughs> I think I look at I guess I look at their eyes because yeah, that's what too. I'm doing right but now. A lot of people. Look at the mouth. Yeah. But I also, I do notice people's mouths and teeth and stuff. So I think I must look at both. I don't know. Keep exploring that. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to see where that leads. Yeah. Ja Crispy Watson says, when oh. using the TV remote, I always move it forward while pressing the button like casting a spell. No, I don't do that. Although, I don't know. My husband recently said, we just have to get a new remote. Because apparently it's no longer a battery problem. It's just that it's there's like only one weird angle where the remote will actually work. Mm. So it's very frustrating. It's like fast forward at your own risk because you won't be able to yeah, get you, the show you're going You're not going to get things back on track. Right. Um, do you do anything I don't. Interesting Again, with the I feel I'm not living and <laughs> I'm dead inside. I didn't know. Well, if that's what my show has... As yeah, taught I guess. you. Thank then. you. Thank you. Another great episode. Billings Courier <laughs> says, I have oh, this is a very specific one. I mean, they're all very specific. I'll but say. Even more so. I have no idea what Tom's Diner by Suzanne Vega is about, but the music is creepy as shit. Hashtag goosebumps. Hashtag don't sneak up on me. Well, there's a lot of do, 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 do. I'm trying to think of the lyrics. I know, I remember exactly where I was when I first heard Suzanne Vega's My Name is Luca. That lilting song about child abuse. Um, no. And help, help grandma out. Suzanne Vega. 
Oh, do you not know these songs? I don't think so, but Sorry, I want I have a guess who I think she is, and it's so far off that I'm will you tell me first? Um My name is Luca. I live on the second floor. I live upstairs from you. Yes, I think you've seen me before. If you hear something Grandma hasn't heard this. Is yeah, this new? It Um I'm I'm older than you are and I was young when I first heard it, so okay. you might not have I've no, it's, heard it's, of it's her, really but old. I don't know these. And then Tom's offerings. Diner is you know what? Instead of me embarrassing myself, are you able to pull it up, Jeff? Tom's Diner is feeling more familiar. Yes, because I think someone covered it perhaps recently. Um she almost looks like <laughs> that's who I thought. <laughs> no, go ahead. Do you know who's you know what Shelly Duvall looks yeah. like? Um, if that's if I'm thinking of the right person. She looks a tiny bit like her. All right. Well, let's move on to the next okay. one while Jeff pulls this up. Um, because I'm seeing are we not are you not connected? He's getting there. Okay. Tweeting P says, oh, a special Twitter handle devoted to tweeting. Um, just mirror everyone. Feel awkward on a plane when the stranger in seat next to you that sat down first has not put armrest in between seats. Down. Yes. 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 I'm like, yes. oh, I guess there is a friendliness between us. I don't know if I want it or not, but I don't want to be that person that slams the thing I down. I know, because then I feel rude that I'm yes. drawing a boundary between us, but exactly. it must be drawn. Have you um, gone to therapy? Yeah, in my life, yes. <laughs> yes. I guess it would make sense. Um, You're like, <laughs> you need to. <laughs> Oh, okay. Now we're okay. looking at a picture of Suzanne Vega that looks a little different than... Oh, of course. Okay. Yeah. This song is creepy. Okay. I am I stand corrected against my own self. Of course I know this song. Is this who you thought I'm it was? I'm on Planet Earth. And no. Oh, who do you think it was? I don't know if I can even tell the listeners this. You can. This person's going to be very disappointed. I thought it possibly was the lounge singer that sang in all the episodes of Ally McBeal. <laughs> I don't know who that is, but I I like th- that. <laughs> That's a lot. probably <laughs> such a, a slam to one of them. <laughs> um, okay, I'm listening. I'm just looking. Okay, let's see. JMO's. Oh, no. Back to the therapy, though. No, you know what? We don't have time to talk to therapy. I trust it's been great for Vonda you. Okay. Shepherd. Bond Shepherd? Vonda. Vonda Shepherd. So Suzanne Vega. Yeah, I hope they both everyone have can see where I of course. got that from. Of course. And JMO's and Bobo's says, and this is the last one, whenever I am a fan of a show or band, etc., I always think the other fans aren't fans like I am. Yes. Hashtag delusional. I know I don't think I was gonna say I don't think you're delusional, but maybe because maybe every everyone's super into this show, which I assume is what you're talking about. I mean, it comes from a, and I feel the exact same, a very narcissistic place of like nobody feels this like I do, but I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, I'm like no, no one else could possibly have the connection that I do. With podcasts, I think that's kind of good though, because unlike a, a um, I mean, I guess people do have very strong relationships with TV shows, but there are certain media that it's not that. It's not as intimate, whereas a podcast really can feel like someone's speaking yes. right into your, into your, into your brain, into your soul. That's right. I feel like we touched their soul. I mean, I, I hope think so. I'm pretty sure we did. 
And that probably is making them hungry and they probably want some snacks. Life is hectic. Sometimes it's hard to make the best snacking choices. Thank you. I'm queen of segues, Uh, especially when you're hungry and looking for a quick pick-me-up. Do what I do. Get delicious and healthy snack options at naturebox.com with over 100 nutritionist-approved snacks. Naturebox has something for everyone, all with zero artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners, zero grams trans fats, and no high-fructose corn syrup. Um, You could grab sriracha-roasted cashews or pistachio power clusters, big island pineapple. It's all so good. And I want to give you guys a chance to try free Naturebox snacks with a free trial box featuring five of their most popular snacks. Free snacks. Start your free trial right now by going to naturebox.com slash Allison. Again, free trial uh, and get your free snack box right now by going to naturebox.com slash Allison. All right. I want to thank you so much for thank being you. on this the show. A pleasure. Thank you this for having me. Delightful. You guys, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, which you know you are, they have everything. Click to the banner on my website, AllisonRosen.com. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but it does help out the show. Thank you so much for your Amazon support. Thank you also for all your PayPal support. Uh, there's PayPal links on the right side of my website, AllisonRosen.com. We have a ringtone available. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. Get that by searching, hey, go fuck yourself on your iPhone in the <laughs> iTunes store. And we have two special bonus episodes available recorded live at the LA Podcast Festival. The first one with Doug Benson and Greg Proops. The next one with Doug Benson, musician Matt Costa, and the former Thursday Gang. And you can get those by searching Allison Rosen in iTunes. That'll pull them up. Follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. Follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-M-B-F. Email us Show at gmail.com. Um, follow Jeff at Colonel Jeff Fox. And hey, check out BarracudaRadio.com. And Casey, yeah. tell them where to find you and plug where they can you'd like to plug. Uh, send, slam me on Twitter is <laughs> at, at Casey Rose Wilson. All right. And anything we, they should be looking out for, watching, yes. etc. Marry Me is on NBC on Tuesday nights at 9. And I'm doing second season of a Hulu show called The Hot Wives of Orlando. Which is so funny. Which, speaking of Vegas, is this... Sh- Second season is Hot Wives of Las Vegas. Perfect. And when does that? Well, we're filming it now. So okay. <laughs> it's a beat away. All right. Yeah. I will hold my breath till then. All right, you guys. Now that the show's over, don't forget to go to naturebox.com and sign up to get your free sampler box of great tasting, wholesome snacks. Forget the vending machine. Start snacking smarter with delicious treats like barbecue kettle kernels. Go to naturebox.com slash Allison. That's naturebox.com slash Allison. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love you. Goodbye. I love you too. Hey, do you know? Allison Rosen Show